I'm Pastor Kent, and welcome to all those that are here today. And put this message on my heart for the church. And and Amy had a tooth pulled this week, our youth pastor, and and she called last minute and asked me to speak it. And I spoke it to the youth and thought, well, that's where it's supposed to go. Uh, after I left the youth group that night, the Lord just kept speaking to me, and I went home and wrote another point. I'm going to be talking about um, today is don't eat the soup. And we're going to be coming out at Genesis 25, 29 through 34, where it's talking about Esau gave up his birthright because the soup was more important at the time. And you notice I put some soup up here on the altar now. And Wednesday night youth, I downed this and, and was really showing off with it and showing you how I was eating the soup. I'm not going to do that today. I don't want to get on my clothes in the church floor. But, but anyhow, that soup represents the world and a lot of things that, that people will give in exchange for what I'm calling the Gatorade today. And this Gatorade represents the, the uh, birthright, but it represents the anointing and the power that the believer has in Jesus Christ. And note I said believer. If you're not a believer here tonight, today what I'm saying won't work. Uh, you got to be a believer to receive what I'm talking about. But, but on the Gatorade, the G is going to represent God, and the lightning bolt represents the power and authority and the anointing that the believer has when they're loving on God. And, and I challenge these kids that I've, there was, I think I bought 80 of them, and, and I challenged them, take one of these home with you if you receive what I'm saying today. And, and take it with you and set it on your headboard at your, on your bedroom or your bathroom. And then take it with you to school to remind you of the birthright of who you are in Jesus Christ. And they took all of, the, all of them took one that night. Now today, if I'd known the snow, I might and it was going to be about half the people. I'd have probably went ahead and did it. But I thought I was going to have to buy 380 of these. So I didn't do it. But, but you can do that as a symbol in, in today and, and be thinking about that. Buy your own Gatorade. But realize who you are in the Lord. And so as we move into this today, let's go there and read from Genesis 25, 29 through 34. How many of you are keeping up with the Bible reading we're doing as a congregation? Man, I've been blessed on that. I, I think there were 72 uh, Bibles that went out. Well, you say that's not very many but I ask you to do it as a family and to read it as a family and to go together as a family. So that tells me we got around 72 families doing it, which is unbelievable and out of this world. And that doesn't count the ones that are doing it on you version and, and on electronically with us. So, but as I was reading this, this jumped out at me and I just couldn't get it off my mind. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Guys, we're in the wilderness every day, or a lot of times we're out in the world fighting the battle, and we come home hungry. And, and Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his name, other name, Edom, which means red. Well, you realize the power this story had that his name changed over what he did. I never really caught that, but he began to call him Eden because of the choice he made here. Jacob said, all right, but trade me uh, your rights as a firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Now, I don't, didn't talk a lot about this in the sermon today, but, 
But I want to mention it now. I think so many times that, that we get out in the wilderness or out in the world and we're getting hit with all these problems and concerns and we're maybe not feeling God at the moment because we get to be emotional people when we just need to be faithful people that know that God's with us. But when we get in them times, we look and think, well, God's not here now, so I'm going to take some soup. And I think a lot of times we do that. I don't feel God right now. I'm not feeling good. I've been praying about it. I'm not feeling God, so I'm going to take matters in my own hands. You know, I've asked God to to be with my children, and, you know, I'm just not seeing what I want to see, so I'm going to take it in my own hands. That's eating the soup. That, that's, that's taking it upon ourselves and giving up our birthright, who we are in Jesus Christ and our faithfulness to something that, that, that is worldly. But what good is my birthright now? But Jacob said to him, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as a firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as a firstborn. And we're going to, the Lord really hit me with that right before I come in today. And I did add that in my notes later on. So think about those things. But Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the word today. And again, Lord, I ask that, that we remember and retain and maul on what you've spoke to us today as individuals. Lord, I ask that we not forget this message, Lord, that, that what you speak to us just burns on us, Lord, until we, we move out in that area. In Jesus' name, amen. The birthright meant and is a particular right of, of, of a possession or privilege one has from birth, especially the eldest. So basically, the birthright was a powerful uh, and uh, anointing that the firstborn child received in a family. We all know that Abraham received that birthright and Abraham gave that birthright to Isaac. But it was a powerful anointing. It was a a, a power and a a blessing that was just unbelievable and how powerful it was. And, And if you look up the word blessed here, blessed means happy, fortunate, prospered, uh, envied. And so when we look at happy there, being blessed, that was part of the birthright. God was going to be so powerfully involved in your life that, that you were going to be fulfilled in happiness. And you think of the things that make you the happiest in this world or the things that, that your children may make you happy or whatever. God's saying that, that I'm going to bless that firstborn with a, with a, a happiness. You're going to be so fulfilled that, that you just can't comprehend it. And all of us desire that. People desired happiness. People are sitting at home miserable. Uh, man, I tell you guys, we need to be praying. Four people in Joplin has committed suicide in the school district. One in October, November, December, and now January. Man, man, there, there's something going on there. We need to be praying and standing in the gap. And I pray that, they, that, I pray that they were Christians. But man, if they knew who they were in Christ, they'd have never done that. But, but, but Christ gives us that blessing, that, that fulfillment, and that's what part of this birthright was. 
The part, second part was they were fortunate, meaning receiving some unexpected good. In other words, that they would just be blessed beyond comprehension. And, and I thought about that. And, and in our reading, we were reading about Jacob and how he had gone away and, and got his wife and was going back and Esau had met him. And Jacob, you guys better be reading. This is already should have been in your reading. And, and, and Jacob's coming back in and, and he decided that he's going to give some gifts to his brother. And this is what he gave him, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milk camels and their calves, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. And then it goes on to say, and then God blessed him. I got to looking at those numbers and I know some farmers in here that are pretty good sized farmers and none of you probably have that many animals. And that was a gift that he was given Esau, just a, a portion that he was given Esau, Edom, if you will, the red guy that ate the soup. That was just a portion of what he was given. That's how prosperous, how fortunate he was. All the unexpected good that God had given him. If you also look back in the reading, just in where we're reading now, it talks about when Jacob was in the land of his father-in-law that they both were kind of, you know, instigators and to be honest with you, a little bit dishonest. But, but, but they would say, Hey, I want striped sheep. He got striped sheep. Hey, you're going to have polka dotted sheep. He got polka dotted sheep. Hey, I want black sheep. He got black sheep and God prospered him. God blessed him because of that birthright, if you will. And so we see that they were fortunate, prosperous, meaning marked for success, economic well-being, enjoying vigorous, healthy growth. And the last one was envied, highly desired. Man, people desired to be him. People wanted that birthright. They, they had to have it. And they wanted to be envied. That's, that's what everybody in this room is striving for. I hope not, but, but a lot of us are striving to be accepted by men, to be accepted and be envied and to be looked upon as this. And that's, that, that, that came with that birthright. But those that possessed this birthright were powerfully anointed. You guys remember the story whenever Lot was getting opposed by the kings and, and, and took him over and Abraham with 300 men went out and cleaned their plow. Man, we can go on and tell you about the, the wonderful stories and the, and the anointing and the power that went with these birthrights. It was a custom to pass these birthrights on to generation to generation, this, this power and this anointing to the firstborn male. And again, as I said, Abraham passed it on to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob to Joseph, so on and so on. And this birthright can be traced to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And what really blessed me out of this birthright that was traced to Christ is that on one side, it was the man's blessing from God. In other words, the, the blessing of the firstborn, the anointed of the firstborn, Jesus received that because he was man. But on the other side, Jesus was God. And he received that prosperity, that anointing, that powerful anointing on his life. Jesus had a double portion. A lot of times that anointing Jesus had is compared to Elijah and Elijah. When Elijah had the powerful anointing, he passed, he went to be with God and didn't die. And he passed it on to Elijah, a double portion. Jesus had a double portion of it all. Jesus had it all. He was God. And guess what? He passed that on to the believer. Did you ever get a hold of that today? 
Jesus passed that on to the believer. If you're a believer here today, that powerful anointing, everything I just talked about is yours. Are you taking it? It says in the Bible, for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. That anointing, that powerful anointing of Christ is in you. We talked about last week in Romans chapter 8, that that anointing that was in Christ and raised Christ from the dead will also raise us who believe to eternal life later on. That spirit resides in us. That powerful anointing is in us, the children of God. But again, today, if you're not a believer, you can't walk in what I'm talking about. But that's a gift that God gave us, his children, was to restore us back to our natural birthright as children of God. That's you. Satan stole it from us in the beginning. Jesus gave it back in the end, and it's ours. A powerful anointing and appointed time for the believer. How many of you want to see this anointing in your life? How many of you want to see this just well up within you? Do we, do we want that today? Well, Christ told me three or four things here we're going to talk about today. And again, we keep hammering these same things, but, but we got to get a hold of it. But, but it's got to get to the point today we're going to talk about. I got to have it. I got to have that. I want that more than anything. The, the anointing and the appointing that is mine, I want that. The second point we're going to talk about today is, is we got to avoid the soup. The soup gets in the way, and the soup keeps us from doing what we're called to do. The third thing is we got to be hungry for the, the, the anointing and the blessings of God. we got to be hungry, 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 and I've been praying that for weeks, that we have a hunger for the Lord. And the fourth thing is we got to pass it on. we got to go save disciple sin. So point one, we got to want it. Jacob wanted it. Jacob wanted it so bad that he bartered for it. Jacob wanted it so bad that he stole it. Jacob wanted it so bad that he wrestled for it. Now, we don't have to, to steal to get it now. It's a gift from God. It's free. Ephesians 4, 2, 8, or excuse me. Okay. Ephesians 2, 8 says that to us. It's a free gift. He's given it to us. But do you want it? Are you willing to die to get it? Are you willing to, to, to die to be in the presence of the Lord? Are you willing to give all you have for it? Are you willing to fight for it? And you say, well, pastor, what is it that we're fighting for? You know, how do we get that? And it's that simple commandment to love God with all your heart, soul, and the mind and, and love your neighbors of yourself. That's how we walk in this powerful anointing and this birthright that we have is we just love on God with all we can and we love on each other with all we can. And, and a lot of times we pass over this scripture, but love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What that scripture is saying, and when we're talking on body, soul, and spirit, it's saying... On one side, we're controlled by the flesh. On the other side, we're controlled by the spirit. And the mind of man decides who they're going to be controlled by. And what Jesus was saying is we need to love God with all of our flesh, all of our mind, and all of our spirit, mean our whole being. We need to be in love with Jesus and strive for that. And then to love our neighbors in that same way. That's how we possess that power and anointing. When we love on God, he will show up for us just like he showed up for Jacob. Keep in mind, Jacob was kind of a little twisted how he did things. 
A lot of you commented on Facebook, man, he's dishonest a little bit. Uh, man, I don't like the way David or Jacob did this. And guess what? God still honored it. It made me feel good because I make mistakes. And, and, and I'm going to mess up on occasion. And it reminds me when I mess up that God's still loving on me. I just need to keep loving on him. But so many times we think when we mess up, we got to say, Oh, God, okay, it's been three days now since I messed up, and I've prayed every day, and I've done this. That's penance, guys. You know, you may make fun of Catholics for going into confession. That's what you're doing. When you don't say, God, I repent of this, you realize your sin, you should be able to turn right in and love God immediately. But God loved Jacob, and he loves us, and he realizes we're going to make mistakes But we press into that love. We press into that anointing and that gifting, that calling that he's put upon us. When we love God and love on him, he will show up more than we can imagine. One that reminds me, we're in the playoffs, but it's about this time, a few years back, Tim Tebow was in there playing for Denver, and they said, oh, he's no good. He's not going to win any games. It's a fluke that he got in there. Everybody knows the deal. He put John 3.16 under his eyes, and I think we got a slide on that. Yeah, it is. But if you guys realize that day, he passed for 316 yards. He averaged 31.6 yards per pass, and the CBS rating peaked at 31.6, John 3.16. When we love on God, and we just do what God tells us to do and just love him and just love on people. Man, just what the news media was doing to him, it would have been easy to say, God, these guys are idiots. And had been able to get in the flesh. I get in the flesh a lot of times. I don't keep my mouth shut. But he did. He just loved on them. And God used what little Billy put under his eyes to glorify God's name, to lift him up and his kingdom up. You see, Tim Tebow wasn't anointed to play football. Did I get it quiet in the room? And I'm purposely saying this today. Tim Tebow was not appointed to play football. He was appointed to love God with all of his heart, soul, and mind and love his neighbor as himself. And when he moves out in his talents and giftings, God's going to show up. We don't have to earn our way through our talents. We don't have to earn our way through our, our giftings. That's just the, the, the floor that God allows us to have to demonstrate his power. All we got to do is love God and love people the best we can. Again, with our whole being, our flesh doesn't like to love sometimes. We force it into submission. Paul says, I beat myself into submission. The power and anointing moves through our lives because of our love for God and people. The Holy Spirit warned me that we have to be careful not to serve or seek the platform, the platform that God gives us to spread the gospel. Too many people begin to seek the platform, in other words, the blessing, the gifts, the talents, and they forget to love the Lord God and the people that got them there. I think about that as myself, how hard that is as a pastor I know loving God and love of people is what got me where I'm at now. And that's some of the hardest things to do now. Too many times we forget about that love and we begin to chase the soup, the platforms, 
The Lord really dealt with me when after I left the youth about this, and, and I said, God, this is going to spin a lot of people up. And he goes, I'm not knocking the gifting and the talents. I'm not knocking that at all. I'm knocking is, is you need to love me more than anything and love people more than anything. And I got home and I flipped on the, the TV to the Christian channel and the, the Hillsong pastor from London was speaking. And he said, it is not about talents, but about our love for God and people. It's about our character. And man, I about fell over. Here I was, God, I need a sign from you. Flip that on. And that's the first words out of his, his mouth. He said that Daniel loved God and at 15, he was set apart to lead Israel for God. He went on to say that God gifted Daniel to do what? What did God gift Daniel to do? To appoint dreams or interpret dreams. And he told him to do that. And the Bible, he may have done it a hundred times, but the Bible only records two dreams that he interpreted. One of them was at 17 years old and the other one, he was 49 years old. Now, I'm going by the Bible, so I say two times that I know that he stood on that platform, that gifting and calling, two times. In 32 years, or however many years that is, I know for a fact he operated in his giftings and his talent. But everyone in this room would get up and say how that, man, Daniel was one of the lion's den. Man, Daniel was the one that wouldn't bow to persecution Daniel's the one that went to prayer. You know what you're saying? You're saying Daniel's the one that loved God and loved people. He was a man of good character. You see where I'm at now today? And again, I'm not knocking your gift and your talents. God gives them to you. But we don't seek the gift and the talents. We seek the giver, the love of God. And God said, love him and people. That's what we seek with all of our heart, soul, and our mind. When we do that, Regardless of what men do to us, throw us in the lion's den or talk bad about us or whatever, if we love God and love them, we will succeed. Matthew 6.33 says that, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Joseph was one that was awarded the birthright in the Old Testament. And you're not there and you're reading there. You'll get there this week, I think. But his brother's They tried to kill him, but he loved God and he loved people and God intervened. He was thrown into slavery to Egypt. He loved God. He loved the people there and God moved him to the highest servant in the house. He was thrown in prison, false accusations against him. He loved God and he loved people and God moved him to a high place in the prison. He intervened. Pharaoh recognized his, what had happened. He put him back into leadership and made him second command over his nation. He loved God and people, and God intervened. His family returned to him and came to him, and he had the power and authority to wipe them out and had every right to wipe them out because they did him horrible. They tried to kill him, but he loved God, and he loved them, and he blessed them, and God blessed him. God has called us to love and bless people. God gives us platforms to do it on, but we remember what God is there. 
I was watching the Alabama game, Georgia game the other night, actually pulling. I like Alabama, but I'm an LSU fan, so you know. But Georgia, I was rooting for them a little bit. And, and halftime, uh, this game's over, turned over, started watching something else. And after halftime, they put in a freshman QB that did not play football that season or start a game, didn't throw a pass. First game of the season was a championship game. How many in here, who's a senior? Who's a senior now? Senior, come on, be brave. Stand up for me. He's a senior. So this kid that played Monday night was in high school. You played football, right? And playing high school football a year ago. Think about that. Go ahead and sit down. And he goes in with no experience, live experience on the field with that Alabama team and leads them to victory. He got up there, he goes, I'm anointed by God, and I am powerfully anointed to play football. That isn't what he said. The first things out of his mouth, he said, first and foremost, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory goes to God. I can't describe what he has done for me and my family. Who would have ever thought I would have been here at this moment? He loved God. He loved his family and realized where he was at. He didn't stroke the platform. He loved on his God. I thought more about that. And the, and the, the drummer boy, Jeremy, and you guys play that at Christmas. I love that song. And, 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 and they get the drums going. Our drummer boy, we get going crazy on it. And man, we're drumming. And I just get so pumped up. But when it gets quiet and the drummer boy and the song goes, and he looked at me and smiled. That's why the drummer boy played. Because Jesus looked at him and smiled. And the drummer boy was playing because he loved Jesus not to be seen by man. He was playing because he loves Jesus and not to be seen by man. He used the platform, but he loved God. And Jeremy, I think that's your heart. You tell me all the time, Pastor, I don't like going off in, in, in this anointing if it's not if it's me. He does it because he loves God, and God gives him that platform. And then while we're on that platform, we demonstrate the love of God and our love for people. And I think you guys are good examples of that here as I look across the body. The second point is here is we got to avoid the soup. Soup is anything we put ahead of Christ. And guys, I was kind of, I didn't put the anointing or no, the, the platform and the giftings and talents in this category, but that can be our soup sometimes. When we get to pursuing the gifts that God's given us and focusing on that and get away from the love of God and the things of God, that's when it's a problem. That's when the soup gets in the way. John said, don't love the world or anything in the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, it is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And as the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God will abide by it forever. And I, and I, was, I got stuttering there because I was remembering as we were singing Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright and shining as the sun. Who will know less days than to sing God's praise. I can't believe I can memorize that. But, but either way, 
10,000 years from now, the soup that we're chasing ain't going to make a hoop. Get it? Hoop soup? (laughs) 10,000 years from now, the things of this world we're chasing isn't going to make a difference. But the anointing and the love of God that we're chasing is going to be making a huge difference. It's going to make a wonderful difference. And you're going to be thinking to yourselves, why did I ever chase the soup? Why did Esau ever give up this powerful anointing? He didn't want it at the time. He didn't like the soup more than he, he liked the soup more than God. He was hungry for this world. He didn't want to pass it on to his children. You say, well, pastor, you're saying some pretty harsh things. Well, this is what I'd added in here. In verse 34, it says, Esau showed contempt for his rights as a firstborn. Contempt means lack of respect or reverence for. He didn't have a respect for his inheritance. He didn't have a respect for the anointing and the things of God, which tells me he didn't want it. If you're reading the King James or the SEV today, it's going to say despise, and it means feel contempt, which is lack of respect, lack for, for reverence. Amplified says scorn. Scorn means felt something or someone was worthless. You felt they were worthless. Man, if you go by the Amplified, it's saying Esau thought that the, the birthright was worthless. It didn't matter anymore. It wasn't important anymore. And then that's what scares me, that we get to the point that where we think that soup, our answers and the world answers, are more valuable than God's power and anointing on our life, our birthright. That's when we got to be careful. I had a kid that I was ministering to, that when I worked at Freeman, this has been 20, 25 years ago, I don't know how long, but, but, but he'd gotten a scar, uh, um, he had signed in the pros in the European lead in basketball. And, and anyway, I'm sure I told you guys this before, but the Lord gave me a word for him. He worked for me at Freeman there, and, and I spoke the word over him, and he goes, Kent, that's exactly what my grandmother shared with me. I know you're true. I know you're right in everything that you're saying. But he goes, I don't have time for Christ now. I, I got to go to Europe and play basketball. I got a million-dollar contract. It's kind of like Esau. He didn't respect God enough to trust him with his million-dollar contract. We don't trust God. Tax season's coming up. And we don't trust God enough that we can just report our taxes and not fudge on them. We can trust the anointing of God more than the answers of the world. And if we don't, it just means we don't respect or believe what God can do in our lives. The Lord really spoke to me. Is how do I know, Lord, if you're really, you know, if I'm taking you seriously? And he said, your fruits will follow you. And I said, so 
my fruit, meaning my love for you and people, means that people will follow that and be drawn to that. Yeah, and the Lord spoke to me, if you're choosing the power and anointing during the week, we will see the results on the weekend. We'll see the results, the fruit, when we go home at night. But God just says to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, and love your brothers and sisters as yourself. But are we taking our relationship with God seriously? Because the Lord told me our fruits would follow. And that takes us in the closing point today. We got to be hungry. We got to be hungry for the, the birthright, the power and anointing that God has given us. Are we hungry? The picture I have behind us is Lamar football boys, but I know we got liberal representative here, Carthage, Nevada. We got eight, seven or eight schools represented here today, Lockwood, Golden City, and I shouldn't start a debt. But, but the reason I bring up Lamar is they won the six championships and then they won seven. And I thought to myself how hard it would be to maintain a seven-year year winning streak how it would be so hard to be that hungry every year to be hungry to go after that grueling time that it takes to win that championship. And I'm impressed with them just for that reason because I know the commitment and the time they put into it that they said stayed that hungry for seven years, which tells me it's in all of us. Oakton's went and planted a church in Carthage and, and they're having services today and are running 80 to 120 people down there on Thursday nights same way because you stepped out of your faith and went down there and planted another church. Man, Oakton's done some great things. God's used you guys like he's anointed you, he's appointed you. Man, you've done some great things. I've heard unbelievable stories of salvation from Albania trip teams. We got a team in Albania now. I'm hearing anointed and appointed times where people are stepping out in their faith. I hear it when we go to, to Liberia and Kansas City and Burma and Mozambique. Man, we're getting out there. But are we hungry? Are we still hungry? To love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind? Or are we still hungry to, to love our brothers, ourselves? Are we maintaining this hunger that, that we, we've had over the years? Is it stronger? Is it growing stronger? Are we stronger? And the Lord gave me some questions to make us think about it today. But one is I take my relationship, my birthright with Christ seriously. Man, I choose that power and anointing. I'm hungry for it. Or no, I've slipped back into my old ways. I take Christ with me every day to work, school, and vacation. I got to have this God. I got to have this anointing in my life. I don't want this soup. I'm hungry for God to use me. God, fill me. Man, I don't want this world anymore. Everything I do, I want to give glory to you, God. I'm seeking your righteousness in my life. I'm cherishing your Sunday school. I'm cherishing your worship service on Sundays. I'm cherishing your Wednesday night. I'm cherishing the care teams. I'm cherishing the life groups. I'm cherishing my personal time with you. 
And I just got to share you, your love, your salvation with others. Father, my goal is your goal to save others, to share this birthright with others. I'm not chasing your platform, God. I'm chasing you. And I love you more than anything. And you say, Pastor, you're, you're asking too much. This is what the Lord told me to read, and I'm closed with this. Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up my cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Mark eight thirty four through 38. Do you got to have him today? Are you tired of the soup in your life today? Are you hungry for him? And are you dying to pass it on? I want 2018 to be a year that we're so hungry that our fruits are just, we can't keep up with them. Are you hungry today? With every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you're hungry to be saved today, I've never been saved, Pastor, and I want to receive Jesus. Would you raise your hand in the house today? I want to be saved. If you're in the house today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm sucking on that suit more than I need to be, and I want to give it up for my birthright, and I want to repent of the things that I've been chasing Would you raise your hand across the room? See those hands. See the hands across the room. Take a time to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. He forgives you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and deliver us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. And last but not least, are you hungry today? Are you hungry? Raise your hand today. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for Jesus. I want Jesus in my life more than anything. I got to have him. I've got to have him. Father, you see our hearts today. Father, I ask that you move across your body and, and Father, your fruits will follow. In Jesus' name, amen.